Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, live with prudence and I attain knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have good advice and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me rulers rule and nobles all who govern rightly. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. And when there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was daily his delight. Rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. Let us pray. Loving God, may the words that flow from my mouth be inspired by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we're beginning a new series on Proverbs. And Proverbs, as a book in the Bible, was written, or it was more compiled in a world where wisdom from one generation was handed on to the next. But the problem is, I'm not sure we live in that type of world anymore. The world in which we live seems more interested in setting its own pace, living its own truth, and discovering its own wisdom, rather than having it passed down from older generations. I remember when I was studying for my final exams uh, in high school 
many, many years ago. Um, it was known as the HSC in the great state of New South Wales. Go the Blues, just saying for Wednesday. We had a visit to our home from a priest who was friends with mum and dad, uh, who used to be a history teacher before he became a priest, and in fact um, was doing uh, continued research um, in history, and used to mark um, exams for the HSC. And he gave me some advice for my modern history course. He said not to worry about remembering as many dates and details as I could for the exams, which is actually what mum and dad were telling me to try and do. He said that that was the old way of doing history. He said to get good marks, I needed to be able to identify the problems and the issues of the time I was studying. But to get the highest marks, I needed to offer an opinion based on those problems and issues. It was the concept of critical thinking, which the Australian curriculum defines as at the core of most intellectual activity that involves students learning to recognise or develop an argument, use evidence in support of that argument, draw reasoned conclusions and use information to solve problems. Which is very different to the way that Proverbs seems to present. Is a book like Proverbs just a little bit too old-fashioned? Even redundant? I'm absolutely sure you could make a case to fully cancel Proverbs because it has extreme gender bias. If you are reading a Bible that has a translation throughout the book of Proverbs that says throughout my child, you need to know that that's a translator trying to cover for the fact that it actually is translated literally in Hebrew, my son. The way that women are referred to in the book of Proverbs is only in their relationship with men. I'm sure young women were taught in Jewish and Hebrew culture, but it seems like the usage of Proverbs was for the exclusive wisdom of young men. I had a few comments after our early service um, from some of the ladies, wise ladies in our church, who said it was because women were wise anyway and they didn't need any training. I'm sure that that's the case. <laughs> I think it perhaps reflects the patriarchal culture that our women were, were growing up in at that time. The book of Proverbs, as we know it, um, was referred to uh, by the Hebrew people as the Proverbs of Solomon. But it's very unlikely that Solomon wrote all of those Proverbs. In fact, most scholars seem to agree that the Proverbs were written and rewritten, edited and compiled over a number of different seasons. Because the purpose of the Proverbs wasn't just to have them there to be read and heard, but they were to wrestle with in community, to discuss, to debate, to learn from and to grow from. But unfortunately, we don't use the book of Proverbs like that anymore. It sits in our Bibles and we pull out the little bits that we like and we leave the rest. 
but Proverbs is full of great one-liners. And our our world loves one-liners at the moment. How many of us have been sent a card or had a picture um, on the wall or a poster or received a meme with a beautiful picture and a verse quoted from Proverbs? In a world that's looking for quick and easy answers and inspiration, perhaps that's where we can best use Proverbs in 2021 for a quote, for a meme, or for one, a one-liner, a slogan to help sell. Well, my hope is that as we dive into wisdom literature, particularly through the book of Proverbs, over the next five weeks, we might see that it is so much more than a one-liner, so much more than old-fashioned advice. While we're not going to go through the book of Proverbs chapter by chapter, verse by verse, that would take us 31 weeks, I would encourage you to try and make your way through the book of Proverbs from the beginning all the way through the end during this five-week period. If you just read a chapter a day, you'd be able to nail it easily by the time we finish the series. And I hope today I can help us approach this book with a helpful framework rather than just approaching it as a mashup of redundant advice from another time. The first part of this framework is wisdom matters. And the first two verses that we hear this morning point this out clearly. It's it's, it's better than choice gold, better than jewels better than fame and fortune. If we read through Proverbs with an expectation that this is old-fashioned advice, that it's redundant information, that it doesn't have any value in our time and our culture because we've moved on, then guess what? It won't have any value. But if we read it with an expectation that actually there is value in these words... I can guarantee you that you will be wiser for it. No one ever really gets their fairy tale. Or at least, if they think they have, they're not really ever able to hold on to it. This time last year, if I mentioned to you Bill and Melinda Gates, you probably would have thought, wow, I would want their life. Now we realise that it wasn't all that we imagined. Fame and fortune have a way of hiding the inherent dysfunction that it often brings. The world is full of people who have talent, intellect, charisma, credentials and beauty who've gone nowhere in terms of the world's standards. At the same time, we can identify others who have very little of the above, who have seemed to have done quite well for themselves. But is wisdom the difference? Maybe in some cases. But without wisdom, we end up getting ourselves into a whole world of trouble. Life is full of decisions. I'm sure you've noticed And if we don't make a decision or decisions, if you don't make the right decisions, 
we can't actually function. Some of the decisions we need to make just simply require simple knowledge. Other decisions that we make are by following a set of rules, our principles or our commitments. But for the vast majority of decisions that we need to make in life, having just a set of facts or a set of rules will not be enough. Facts and rules won't help you decide who to marry or whether to get married or stay married. Facts and rules won't help you decide what career to have, where you should study, where you should live, or if you should move, whether to stay in the same job, whether you should confront a person or hold back, whether to play it safe or to take a risk, or simply what to have for dinner tonight. For all of those things, we need wisdom. And so we get to the second part of our framework. Wisdom is different. The wise do have knowledge. The wise do have a moral character. But wisdom is more than just having knowledge and moral character. In verse 12, we see the word prudence, which is not just a name for a girl. In Hebrew, prudence meant the ability to notice the little distinctions. Wisdom is to know how things really are, the intricacies, not just what appears on the surface, but the details. And in verse 14, we find the word insight, which in Hebrew means to know how things really work or how things really happen. I was told on the way in that one of our our members who's watching online as we speak is in the process of pulling apart a caravan. I wouldn't have a clue how to do that. But to know how to do that and to be able to put it back together is part of wisdom. Wisdom is to know how things really happen. But in verses 15 and 16, we complete the picture of wisdom. Wisdom is what makes decisions possible. It's how kings reign and rulers decree. See, wisdom is to know how things really are. Wisdom is to know how things really happen but it is also to know what to do about them. Gerhard von Rad wrote a a book about Proverbs and wisdom literature called Wisdom in Israel back in 1970, before I was born. And he had this brilliant definition of wisdom, which I think is still current for us today. Wisdom is becoming competent with regard to the realities of life. And one of the realities of life that has been particularly profound over the last 14 months leads us into the third framework, part of the framework. And that is everything changes. 
And so, wisdom is dynamic. Verse 22 to 31 that Bruno read for us is an amazing poetic reflection on the creative power of wisdom, the creative power of God. But it also shows a pattern and a form in that creation story. Something that's worth taking notice of. The first nine chapters of Proverbs sort of act like an introduction. But once you get to chapter 10, then you get into the Proverbs proper. The Proverbs that you put on posters and memes with one verse, one proverb type of thing. Chapters 10 to 15 contain Proverbs that reflect, like that creation poem, the principle for the way that life usually works how things come to be. Things like, if you work hard, you'll prosper. If you're lazy, you'll be poor. If you live life according to moral absolutes, your life will go well. If you don't, your life won't go well. If you raise a child according to this pattern, they'll grow up and they'll love you and they'll be a responsible adult. If you are predisposed to a conservative mindset, You'll read through the Proverbs in chapter 10 through 15 and all along you'll be going, yeah. See, I told you, follow God's ways. That's what it's all about. But then you get to chapter 16 and you start to find Proverbs that are exceptions to the pattern and the principles and the rules. Proverbs like, Some people who live according to this pattern will have a terrible life. Some people, even though they work hard, will stay poor because of oppression. Some people who raise a child according to the norms and the rules and God's pattern will find that their child chooses a different path. And so if you start Proverbs at chapter 16 and you have a liberal mindset, you'll read through these Proverbs and go, yeah. See, life isn't that simple. It's messy and it's complicated. You can't just have a set of rules that apply all the time. Ironically, Proverbs shows us that both positions land us in the same place, looking like a fool. If you will not admit that there is a pattern and you want to make up your own rules... You're being a fool. But if you think you can see the whole pattern and understand it all, you're being a fool. Wisdom is dynamic. But so too is God. God is powerfully present in and in the midst of the rapid change that we see in the world around us. It is one of the paradoxes and mysteries of God that God is powerfully the same, but powerfully dynamic. Which is why we need to get to the fourth and the final part of our framework. Wisdom is God. I said last week in our Trinity Sunday service that God is love, but God is so much more. And in the same way, 
God isn't just wisdom, but God is wisdom. We've just spent a significant part of this year reflecting on the writings of John. We've got a little bit more to cover later on in the year when we look at the second and third letters um, of John. But in the famous first, first chapter of his uh, gospel, the word word is used. The Greek word is logos, which is usually translated in pretty much every translation of the Bible, in the beginning was the word. But in the Greek usage of logos, it could, would, could equally be used to describe, you guessed it, wisdom. So have a listen. In the beginning was wisdom, and wisdom was with God, and wisdom was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. And wisdom became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. As you're reading your way through Proverbs, you will quickly discover that there is not one single proverb that gives you a complete answer. They all work in different ways to reveal a part of the picture. And again, they're all designed to get us thinking and talking and wrestling and sharing with others. But when we read Proverbs alongside and in light of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, the picture starts to become clear. In some Bibles, uh, there's a section between the Old Testament and the New Testament called the Apocrypha. And one of those books is a wisdom book, the book um, Sirach. And in that book, you will find this little piece of Jewish wisdom. Draw near to me, you who are uneducated, and lodge in the house of instruction. Why do you say you are lacking in these things? And why do you endure such great thirst? I opened my mouth and said, Acquire wisdom for yourself without money. Put your neck under her yoke and let your souls receive instruction. It is to be found close by. See with your own eyes that I have laboured but little and found for myself much serenity. The words that reflect that culture of seeking after wisdom, training young men in the pursuit of wisdom and encouraging them to find their rest in this wisdom. So can you imagine how those particularly young men, but also there were women and children present um, when Jesus was speaking, how this culture of pursuing wisdom must have felt when they heard these words that sound surprisingly similar, but significantly different to the words of Sirach. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Can you see that Jesus is putting himself in the place of wisdom? Jesus is wisdom personified. So as you read through Proverbs, why not in your daily Bible reading also pair it with any one of the four Gospels? Because the best way that I know of how to make the context of Proverbs relevant to today is to read them in light of who Jesus is. Proverbs is a book of faith insisting on the reality of God's justice and righteousness even when our experiences seem to contradict it. That type of wisdom, I believe, is never outdated. It is never redundant. In fact, I think that type of wisdom is what we need right now. As we begin our series and exploration of Proverbs, know that wisdom matters. Wisdom is different. Wisdom is dynamic. And wisdom is God. Let us pray. Loving God, help us to be aware that we haven't got the answers. We don't know it all. And that we need to pursue that wisdom that we long for, that we seek after, that we grow into, in and through you and in the person of Jesus Christ. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, continue to reveal your words of wisdom through the book of Proverbs, through the wisdom literature of the Bible as we read it, but also through each other. Might we recapture part of what was lost and look to seek to pass on the wisdom from one generation to another. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.